Let's give him a good bend down. Welcome to this pulpit again this morning. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord and bless him right now. worthy of our praise. Come on, let's lift him up right now. Come on, magnify him high in your life. Praise God. He's worthy to be praised. In the writings of the book of Job, the Bible tells us he is wise in heart, mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and prospered, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in his anger, which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble, which commandeth the sun, everybody know he can do that, and it riseth not and sealeth up the stars, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the sea. I want you to understand that everything that's going on today, God is strictly on top of everything we need him to do today. He is a God that never fails. He never wavers. He is a God that, as Mark said in his gospel, doeth all things well. And whatever you have need of today, our God is abundant to supply. And when I was in the prayer room, we got here probably a little bit later than what we wanted to, but nevertheless, spending time in the prayer room back there, and you could feel that witness of the Spirit, that there are those that are here, that so many things are taking place, and it seems like things have reached out and touched you from every side, but I'm telling you, God is in control of everything that's going on. Praise God. Praise God. I bear witness in my spirit, exhortations of Brother Moore today, and uh, just reaching out and believing because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say that to your neighbor. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Turn around and tell your neighbor say, no thing. Turn around and tell somebody else it's just a thing. Turn around, look behind you, and tell the folks in the cheap seats back there, God's got this. <laughs> in the Lord good. Give him a hand clap of praise one more time. Praise God, praise God, praise God. <clears throat> I'm in a bit of a quandary today. I'm not really torn by two messages, but I have one message to bring, and there's a direction that I feel the Lord wants me to go today, if that's all right. I want to say it's good to be with Bendale again. We love this church. This is a great church. It's not a church that's absent of troubles and trials. 
but it's got its testimonies and it's got its victories as well. And uh, we're always thrilled to come and rub shoulders with you and worship the Lord together. There's just no place like Bendale, Mississippi. And uh, we give honor to you, Pastor. We even give honor to Sister Moore. Praise God. Hallelujah. They broke the mold when they made these two folks. I'm telling you, they broke the mold. I know the Fords and the Whittingtons claim her, but that's about, there ain't nobody in the family like Sister Moore. Some of y'all are saying, thank God. I know you are. <laughs> Praise God. We love and appreciate all of you here today. And uh, it's good to have my wife here. And uh, God help her. Amen. I hope y'all of you got fat-er for Thanksgiving dinner. We've got Christmas ahead. This will be a great time to fast. Hallelujah. Anybody feel like you need to go on about a 14-day fast right now? I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> Amen. I might not make Christmas, brother. I might not make it. Oh, God. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, turn me to Mark, the sixth chapter. Mark, the sixth chapter. I'm going to read from verse 45 <clears throat> down through verse 50 thereabout. And um, I hope you'll help me preach today. I was asked how I was doing by quite a few people today, how my heart was doing. And uh, I told Brother Moore when I saw him in the men's restroom there in the fellowship hall he rounded the corner and asked how I was doing I said I'm mean as ever the devil's in trouble so sometimes you have to have that attitude but I am doing well and uh, we're plugging along getting better every day so we're thankful for the blessings of the Lord and his grace and mercy amen Mark 6 verse 45 and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent the people away. When he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when the even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing. For the wind, everybody said the wind, was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, everybody say the fourth watch, he came unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. Verse 49, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out the danger of suppositions are that things are not always the way they appear somebody say amen sometimes we are limited in our sight Paul tells us this that we see in part we know in part 
It's the day when that which is perfect comes. Then we're going to see things clearly. And I hope that even in the midst of our limited vision today, we could take off those rose-colored glasses and get a clear view today. Sometimes what we go through blinds us. What we're having to endure in the present halts us from forward motion and clear vision. But I'm telling you, God's still working in spite of our limitations. Did it make sense today? But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. The unanimous consensus was that our doom is near. Are you listening to me? But Jesus had a word that changed everything. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And he went up unto the ship, and the wind ceased, and they that were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, and they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Praise God. My subject this morning is simply this, faith for the fourth watch. Faith for the fourth watch. Somebody look at your neighbor and ask them, do you have faith for the fourth watch? God bless you today. I'm going to let you be seated. Praise God. Father, we ask you to help us today. Bless your people. I ask you to enable me to speak what you need to be spoken, to preach what needs to be preached. Lord, you stretch forth your hand in this service right now. You'd heal. Heal a mind. Heal the spirit. God, I ask you to bring fresh vision today for your people. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I am always amazed at God's ability to help us understand that even in the darkness, God is still light. Oftentimes, and I've heard it said since I've been in the church, that the darker the night, the brighter the light. It's when you walk in a dark room and you stub your toe, you find very quickly that I need light on the situation. Anybody been there? And you feel like maybe perhaps that uh, it's, it's, it's just uh, not worth it trying to stumble through the woods at night. That's why I bring a flashlight with me when I go to the woods in the evening time to hunt. It is because I understand that my vision is limited because of the circumstances that come my way. It is the limited sight that helps me to understand all too well that that's why I need assistance when I am trying to make a forward progression. Uh, Sometimes we stumble because we simply cannot see What we really in our heart and mind know is already there. How many times we've been on the trail, maybe going to the deer stand. We know exactly 
where it's at. But nevertheless, because the, the lack of light, we discover the branch that had fallen just the day before, and we, we stumbled over it, and we somehow, we, it looked familiar, but I got off track. How did I do that? It's because of the limitless, or rather the limitedness of, of the sight that we had in the dark, dim hour of the night. But I believe God helps us understand, even from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, that that regardless of the setting and regardless of the, the temporary circumstances that might exist right now in our life, that, that the Lord assures us that he is a very present help in the time of trouble. Somebody say amen. And the Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. There was that limitedness that was there in the very beginning. In fact, the Bible called it nothingness but yet in the middle of that the Lord begins to move upon the situation he begins to speak words that bring order to the chaos and uh, it expels darkness with the light of his countenance and it's in these situations that we need to fall back upon the, the more sure word of prophecy that though I don't have any preacher to come tell me uh, what's going to happen tomorrow I've got a word from God that reminds me that even in my darkness and even in my limited sight, I'm going to come out of this thing and I'm going to be victorious no matter what happens tomorrow. God helps us understand that tomorrow is something that he holds in his own power. It is something that he holds fast in the integrity of his sovereignty. He reveals to us that no matter the trial, no matter the trouble, God has an answer that is always nearer to us than perhaps what we thought it would be. Jesus on this time in this rather in this text uh, Jesus has already performed great miracles he has already fed the 5,000 they've taken up 12 basketfuls of, of the things that are left over and uh, the Lord shows them what might he can provide to them uh, even in the days of nothingness when you go back and read the story you find they have been on a long trip the Bible tells us they had not eaten in several days. In fact, it tells us they were afterward and they were hungry. They were famished as it were. And in our Mississippi vernacular, it would have, we would have said our belly button was touching our spine. We were so hungry. But Jesus looks on the situation and wants to get disciples involved in the miracle and tells them to go and feed them. But Lord, I'm telling you, 200 penny worth wouldn't be enough to take care of this mass of people. And we don't have anything to offer them. Are you hearing me today? And that's the way we came to this service. That's the way we came to the house of God far too long. I don't have anything to give you, God. I've gone as far as I can go. I'm tired of praying because I don't get any answers. I'm tired of giving because I don't have anything left to give. But I'm here to tell you when God gets involved in nothing, God always.
always turns the light on. God brings order to the situation and God wants to show Ben Dale that even at your limit, I'm still God. Oh, hallelujah. God is ready to bring a revelation to this church. You've been praying for it. You've been believing for it. You've been reaching for it. But even in your reach, you find that feet find a place to stumble, that eyes seem to fall short of a clear vision. But I'm still pressing on, Brother McCool. I'm still pushing forward because I know that God has something for me. God has something for my family. God has something for this church. And if we could ever keep marching on in spite of the darkness, in spite of the stumbling days where we get no answer, I'm here to tell you, hang in there because there's light on the pathway and you just gotta keep on believing and you gotta keep on trusting. God's gonna bring this church through. And even after the miracles, even after the wondrous works of God, the disciples are questioning, how's God going to do it? This is not enough to work with. The vision we have is far greater. The vision God's got is, is wider and deeper and more reaching than we ever thought that it would have been. So how is God going to do it? with just our few? How is God going to do it with the lack of facilities? How is God going to make it work when the, this county is so large? How are we going to see things come to pass? I'm here to tell you it's in those days of dark questions that one foot in front of the other is the answer that you really need. That I'm not going to stop because I can't see it clear but I'm going to get up and keep pushing until the the light gets brighter. Uh, you ain't hearing me. Uh, I'm going to keep on pushing uh, till I see it. Uh, you ain't going to help me. Uh, but I'm telling somebody here today uh, that you need to open your eyes uh, and keep on marching. Uh, you got to keep on looking for it. Uh, because the closer you get, uh, the clearer this is going to be. You can be seated. You can stop moments short of a miracle. You can, you can press till you feel like I just don't have any more strength. And you can stop short of the victory that God wants to give you. Because you simply have acquiesced in your mindset. And you've thought to yourself, well, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe this is not the year. Maybe this is not the season, and so I'm just going to sit here a little while, and I'm just going to forget about it. I am preaching to people today that this week you have told God, I want to see it happen, but I'm not seeing it happen. And you get discouraged because you're so focused on the unresolved. Are you hearing me? You're focused on what's not come to pass. Oh, God, help me. Can I, can I clear you up today that when the Bible tells us when God delivered the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he didn't lead them to, are you hearing me, the promised land. The Bible didn't say that. 
It said the land of promise. I want to let you think about that for a moment. He didn't take them to the promised land, which would have been limited. I'll bring you here, but nowhere else. But you forget the vision that Jacob had. You forget the voice that was spoken to Abram. He said, it's all the grains of the seed and all of the stars of the sky. If you can count it, I'll limit it to that. Therefore, God didn't take them to a promised land. He took them to a land of promise. It wasn't about the land. It was about the promise. And if they ever got to the promise, it would just be the door that entered into something even greater. You ain't hearing me. You've got to understand this is about God's promise. This is about God and His integrity toward you in this church and families in this church. Are you hearing me today? Am I making sense? I know you're quiet today. But I want you to understand something that this is not about God bringing you to a place that's limited by four walls. Amen. And electrical wiring and facilities in the back to get together and have fellowship. But this is about something far greater that I get beyond the trappings of my limitations. And I understand that this is about something greater. It's about a promise that God made a promise that is exponential and God's going to bring all of this to pass oh let me hurry on here I'm, I'm about to get distracted in my message here Jesus commands them to feed the multitude and my what a miracle it was and this church has seen incredible miracles and I'm just going to talk to you today I'll get where I'm going in a minute and I'm telling you that sometimes, even in the midst of the miraculous, God has to change your direction. Because there are things that you don't understand that are taking place. Things that are happening that God needs to keep you from, not take you through. Hello? Sometimes God takes people around the stump. And I was taught by my granddaddy, he up in the Tallah County used to raise a lot of food, and a lot of gardens, and a lot of crops. And Granddaddy said it's a whole lot easier to plow around that stump than try to plow through it. Because you, you get to plowing too heavy, and you pl try to plow through that stump, you've got a world of problems on your hand. Because you're going to get a plow stuck and driven down deep into a stump, then you can't get it out until you burn the stump. And it's a matter of timing that's involved. Are you listening to me? And we heap a lot of things on ourselves and trials on ourselves that take sometimes years to circumvent because we were too stubborn to go around it the first time. Instead of just moving forward with God, we, we were so caught up in taking offense to every challenge. You listening to me today? We we thought we had to say something when really we should have just kept our lips zipped and circumvented the situation. 
Just say amen. You'll help. That's all. Just help me here. Just say amen. Amen. The rest of you say oh me. What we do is we create a world of chaos that we've got to live through and plod through until God sheds light on the subject and shows us clearly that that was never the pathway I intended for you to take. Well, praise God. I know, I sound like I'm speaking mysteries, but I'm not trying to speak mysteries to you today. I'm just trying to make some things plain today, but there's, there's some things that you get yourself involved in that sometimes it takes years of healing with other people because, because we, had to, we had to take up that, what we thought was a challenge, instead of leaving it alone and letting God handle it. Hello, somebody. And I'm telling you, sometimes, even in the midst of what we're going through, some of this that we're having to, to plod through is simply brought on by our own ignorance and by our own ego. Is that all right? Amen. And, and our own stubbornness. But what the Lord sent me here to help you understand is you need to let go of the battle, amen, that was never yours to begin with. And you need to get back on track to moving in the Spirit and moving in the Word of God. God, and getting in your place and letting your pastor be the pastor. Oh, you ain't going to help me now. And just loving people and living for God because God has got his hand on it and God's got a plan and God has a promise for you. You can be seated. The disciples couldn't understand in the middle of the miraculous, why God wanted to change direction. Some people are frustrated with the direction. Now, I'm here to assure this church, nobody's going charismatic. Is that all right? Maybe I, maybe I came to the wrong church to preach today. Nobody's going charismatic. Now, I've heard a lot of talk in the last couple of years and I'm about sick of it and so many people are down on this group and down on that group I'm telling you nobody's going charismatic because those that love the truth are going to keep on living the truth and they're going to oh help me now and they're going to keep on staying in the word and they're going to keep up their prayer life and they're going to keep holding on the truth and they're not going anywhere. You can't take up the challenge of those that want to leave it and pervert it. Leave them alone. Just hold the course. Hold on on the, tra- on the pathway. Just keep on marching because God's got a plan. They didn't want to be a part of it, but you still Stay in it and you be a part of it. Listen to me. You can be seated. Sometimes God changes our direction for a reason. Because there are things unseen to our already dimmed eyes. There are things that are already taking place to our challenged vision that we don't see. And there are things that catch us all by surprise. There are things that always blindside us from time to time. Things that come our way we don't understand. 
And the two things you can do, you can either stay on the course and believe God for the answer, or the next thing you do is you start finding somebody to blame. I hope I'm making sense today. You listen to me today. I, it'll be all right. We'll come back tonight and we'll fix it up. Is that all right? That's, that's good Mississippi vernacular for repairing. We're going to fix it. Listen to me. The disciples could not see, but Jesus knew. You go to John chapter 6 out of this text. You go to John chapter 6. It explains it further because it was then when, when men of carnal minds, men of ulterior motives saw what was going on, the, the greatness of this miracle, and they had kept up with him, and they had, they had been the, the lurkers on the Internet watching everything that was going on. Oh, well, maybe, I, maybe if we did this, maybe if we talked him into this, maybe if we got him to go ahead and be a king, you know, we could, he, he could solve this problem with getting Rome off our back. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus isn't here to, to get the load of political, amen, uh, 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 opposition against you and the things we believe. God's not here to deliver you from that. Uh, are you listening to me? Uh, he is here to deliver you in the midst of it and keep you saved. Uh, and I'm here to talk to this church that it ain't about those things. Uh, get your eyes off the political uh, amen culture of what's going on. Get your mind uh, off the political scene and the atmosphere uh, that's in our country. Uh, forget about that and get your mind on the mission because if you don't have your mind on the mission you're going to get misdirected and you're going to be swept away by the things that appeal to your flesh and your mind you can be seated they wanted to come and make Jesus a king they wanted him for other reasons that would satisfy the flesh and I'm here to tell you, this has never been about that. This is about coming back to the place where we live more selfless lives than we have ever lived. And we live lives more attuned to the Spirit than we ever have. And that we're anchored in the Word of God so that we know His voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Another, they will not. They won't follow. And when men were coming along, Jesus knew if they ever hear that kind of talk, they're going to be swept away in that same ignorance. Are you listening to me? We don't need to be caught up with the fads that's going on in Pentecost. We don't need to be caught up in the fanfare and the glitter, and the flashing lights, and the fog machines. Can I preach to you now? We don't need to be caught up in the mindsets that make allowances for things that are nothing more than snares and trappings that bind us and hinder us. It's the branches in the pathway. That's why you can't, can't take time to worry about that. You just got to stay on the path. I hope I'm making sense today. I don't mind us changing our music. Change it. 
Let's worship God. And I got news for you. If you ever forget where you came from, you'll never know where you're going. Jesus knew that when these men would come, that it would sway his disciples. He's already dealing with carnal minds, unregenerated hearts. They're following Jesus on the excitement, the fact that he called them. They're still trying to operate half in, half out. You believe what you want, but you go back and you study the scripture. These are still men that, yes, they understand that he is the answer. He is the Messiah. But they're still having problems bickering about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And they're still having trouble wanting to know who, what so-and-so is going to do. What about me? And Jesus has to tell them, what is that to you? That's why you got to keep your mind on what God has for you. Jesus comes to them and says, I need you to hurry up and get in the boat. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes we don't understand why all of a sudden it sounds like pastor, <clears throat> pardon my expression, gets to talking out of both sides of his mouth because sometimes we ourselves as ministers, we're trying to follow the Holy Ghost and listen to God and follow the lead, and all of a sudden God has to check us up and say, hey, that ain't what I want. Boy, y'all look shocked to death. Really? Your pastor's a man just like you are. He's a human being just like you are. Sometimes, sometimes we suffer ourselves from a lack of hearing. The disciples did. Hello? Boy, it is quiet. Nobody's throwing off on your pastor. I'm bringing it down to where it's real today. Is that all right? Because we don't, we don't get this down to where it's real. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss what God's doing. And God has to check your pastor up and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm feeling something right now. I feel like God's checking me up. This, wasn't the, this really wasn't what we needed to do. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. You better thank God for a pastor that's honest enough. Are you listening to me? But Jesus knew if I don't get them out of that mindset and get them out of that presence, it's going to affect them. Get in the boat and hurry up. Get to the other side. I'm going to go yonder and pray. But you get in the ship. God, I don't understand this, man. Things are going good. It's great. Look at this great miraculous atmosphere we got. Man, we have a church around here. And the Lord said, Go! It's almost like Philip, man. He's in, whoa, he's in the middle of revival. Man, that's first convert, man. He's ready. Whoa, hallelujah. I'm ready to have some church. And all of a sudden, God takes him out. And I'm here to tell this church sometimes God changes direction on you, and it's not to confuse you, it's to protect you. He changes directions in your life, and you thought, man, what's going on here? 
And I'm preaching to people under the sound of my voice. You're still confused about things that happened and changed direction in your life. And you're still checked up on the pathway trying to figure that out instead of just moving forward and moving on. Is this all right? Listen to me. When you get snared by the things that hold you back, it's time to have a prayer meeting. It's time to make a decision. I'm going to cut the ties with the things that are hindering me. I got to cut ties with the influence. Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side. I I love what he said. It's not a hard command. He just simply, get in the boat. Go to the other side. Hey, it's, it's a done deal. If we just do what he said, we'll find him when we get there. No, you're not hearing me. Some of y'all are still hung up with the fact that if I, if I stop doing what I'm doing now, God must not be in it. And if, and if God is in it, then you hold God hostage and you're trying to figure God out instead of just doing what God said. But if you don't be obedient now, you'll never be where God needs you in the future oh. for you to get where God wants you to go. Sometimes right now is not the greatest miracle because it's never about the momentary and it's not about the temporal. Are you listening to me? Because that's what this miracle was about. It was about the temporal, the momentary. God needed something to get you to go to where when I visit you again, it will be the eternal things that really make a difference. That's why we need to be careful about the doctrines we hear that come down the turnpike. Things that people accept in Pentecost just because we don't even measure it by the word. We need, to, we need to be like the Bereans and measure everything by this. And if it don't line up with this, then we need to leave it alone. There's some things if we follow after that, it's going to be a snare later on. Are you listening to me? Right now, it seems like, well, it don't hurt. It's not a big deal. But it's what it leads to that becomes a big deal. But if I stay in the book and I shun the things, amen, that are not of God, and I stay on the path, when I get to where God wants me, Just get in the boat, put an oar in the water, and pull. I want you to know Jesus sent them across the Sea of Galilee. It's really not a sea, it's a lake, 13 miles long, 8 miles wide, about 140 feet deep in the deepest place. Jesus sends them out knowing Storms were coming. Now, this is what I want to get to. Sometimes in the storm, we want to blame God for what's going on. Or we want to blame the devil for what's going on. And all of a sudden, it's just a lot of trouble. Are you listening to me? And all of a sudden, you know, they get in this storm. Everything's fine at first. How many of y'all like to drive down the beach? Hopefully not in summertime. 
Tag, you're it, baby. That look on your face, guilty. Y'all know I'm teasing. But out here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, y'all been out there. Y'all been out there driving along the coast. Sometimes the water's choppy. Sometimes the water's like glass. Ain't no place like the South Mississippi to live, is it? We got everything and don't need to go anywhere else. Is that all right? Boy, I got a few Baptist nods. Some of y'all looking at me like a bunch of Presbyterian deacons, man. Shame on you. And I believe that when they started out, it was glassy seas. But historians tell us that storms are rare on the Sea of Galilee. Which leads me to believe that God sent the storm. Sometimes God sends things our way even in the midst of doing obediently what God said do, doesn't he? Isn't it funny how the Lord sends you on a mission, tells you something, this drops something in your spirit, and you start trying to do it, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose? Well, I thought God said. Well, yeah, he said. But do you, do, did you think that it's not going to go unchallenged? Did you think faith was not going to, to uh, be, be, be challenged at that moment where you, where you finally wake up and understand that if I can just not let the storm dim my vision, if I just can't, don't let the, the wind and the wave and the lightning and the thunder, amen, blind me from really what God said in the beginning. If I can just get past all that and uh, not worry about it and just Hold on to the peaceful word that is able to settle my soul in the middle of this storm. Uh, that God's going to meet me when I get through this. He said it. He said it. He said it. Sometimes God sends it to challenge faith. And sometimes faith gets challenged in the fourth watch. Are you with me today? I want you to notice they started off and It took them nine hours to row three miles. And you thought your trial was long. Is everybody with me? Some of y'all ready to go eat catfish, I know. Stay with me, I'll be done. It's a little different today. But sometimes God sends things our way to mature us and get us grown up so that when we do get there, we're ready. Mm. A lot of things have been going on. I'm not going to call anybody out. The reason why you're going through what you're going through is God's trying to grow you up. Well, I've been in church all my life. You still need to grow up. I love you, but we've all been there. And I've been in the ministry 39 years, and honey, there's times that Mark McCool has to go through some things and grow up. Because God is preparing us for greater things. He needs to bring us to a place that it goes beyond powerful worship, but it goes to a place 
of powerful testimony. That's why God uses the storm. Jesus came to them, the Bible said, in the fourth watch. And the fourth watch is that time from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. I think everybody here knows that. Basically, when you consider that, he is helping us understand that strategic spiritual events often take place in the nighttime. It looks like the generic storm, but it's far more pressing than that because what seems to be the generic storm is doing a world of specific things in you at the same time. When they launched out, they didn't understand what was coming. But once they got in it, they know it's too late to turn back. It's in the nighttime. God uses that to temper us, to bring us to a place where we learn to trust the process. Consider that Jacob wrestled with God and met him face to face just prior to his entering in to his destiny as Israel. It changed his walk and it changed his name, but it would have never come without the night experience. In Exodus 14, Moses led the children of Israel across the Red Sea. It was not during the daylight hour. You read your Bible, you'll find that the pillar of fire that he gave them at night is what stood between them and Pharaoh's army. It's the thing that separated them. It was the thing that protected them. Are you listening to me? It was not the thing that was to destroy them. It was not even going to allow, amen, the the, the sea blocking their path or the mountains on either side to bar their way of escape, to block their progress. It was simply being used to set the stage for a greater miracle that was to come. You need to look at your neighbor and say, God's got greater things for you. I'm talking to young men in this building. You've got to call a God on your life to preach. And you're wondering why the storms come. You're wondering why you're going through things. You're wondering why all this is happening. Well, God's not opening a door. No, it's open. You're just not looking where it's open. You're still looking at the storm. You're still looking at preconceived ideas in your mind of how you thought it would happen. Boy, it is quiet. Lord, have mercy. Don't break his neck. Listen to me. Gideon, even in the night, had a great victory. Judges 7, middle watch of the night. All of a sudden, you know, prior to this, that angel comes, you know, Gideon's over there behind the wine press. You know, he's threshing out a meager means of existence, just trying to get by, supplies for his family. And, you know, he's insignificant. He's scared to death. Amen. Are you listening to me? And all of a sudden, the angel pops up, and he's muttering something about Israel marching on to victory. Hello? That'd be like God coming up to some of you and saying, Hey, I'm calling you to Africa. Who? Me? <laughs> yeah, right. Not me. 
I'm calling you to Tennessee to go start a church. Not me. Man, you don't know me. Man, my family's the least. I'm the poorest of my family. Man, you got the wrong address. You got the wrong telephone number. It's, it's just, you've messed up. But I love what the angel said to him. He said, good. Go in this thy might. You listening to me? Because everything Gideon said was out of intimidated faith. He wanted it to happen. But just not me and just not now and just not here. Are you listening to me? And I'm telling somebody here today that when God calls your number, you better answer. God has a plan. God has a direction. And we can let our lack of faith, we can call it whatever we want. And the Lord says, good, go in this thy might. Do you understand that sometimes God, God doesn't need you to exude great faith to do anything with you? Did it ever occur to you? We waste so much time waiting till we muster up some amount of faith that we've conjured up in our mind that we think we've got to have before God can do anything with us. Are you listening to me? And that's why some of you still don't teach Bible studies to people today. Because you're intimidated. You know what could happen in this county if this church got turned loose with your faith, no matter how small? If you could just use what little faith you have. Oh, you ain't listening to me. God doesn't need you to exude a great amount of faith. Sometimes God takes struggling faith and does great things with it. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I'm just talking to you. I'm just talking to you from my heart today. We'll come back and try to be fancy and preach something fancy tonight. We got to wake up, church. We got to come back to the place that we're in the storm for a reason. We're in the challenge to faith in the fourth watch for a reason. You can't let past mistakes stop you from pursuing what God has for you, what God called you to do. I want that to sink in. You can't hold people hostage for their past mistakes. Because except for the grace of God, we all are going there. Amen. And sometimes like Gideon, we said, mm, not me. Not me. But the Lord said, go in this thy might. You go with what faith you have. That's all I need. I need somebody that's got faith. If you'll just go, I'll do something with it. You see, the miracle of the loaves and fishes should have told them that. The Bible said that when they got out there, they forgot the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Now, contrary to a lot of commentators, I just see it a little differently. It's not about the provision of God. It was about the purpose of God. 
And God's purpose declared that it just didn't take much faith for me to do this. Right? Because even when, even when they brought the little boy's lunch, remember? Boy, they were excited. That's kind of like us Pentecostals. You know, we find that $100 bill blowing through the Walmart parking lot. Some of y'all keep looking for that $100 bill, don't you? You get out in the middle of the parking lot, and you find it. Whoa, look at that. You get up in church Sunday morning, testify. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I was wondering how I was going to pay that bill, but I seen that $100 bill. But you ain't going to tell you. You had to knock three people out to get it, but you got it. Right? Oh, y'all don't want to admit that. But you testify about it. Man, God blessed me. And then it ain't long, something else comes up, and you realize that $100 bill didn't stretch very far, did it? And that's what the disciples did because they made the statement and said, Yeah, but what is this for all of these? Are you getting the picture now? And what the Lord's trying to tell you is that it just doesn't take much faith to get great things done. But if you'll give me what faith you have and start operating in it, not only will your faith grow, but the miracle will grow. Your church is not big enough. You don't have a big enough building. You don't have enough chairs. You don't have enough for the overflow. You can run wires out there, put yourself up a camera and broadcast it in there while Brother Boar's getting red-faced and climbing all over the pulpit, praise God. But you listen to this preacher today. You've got to have faith in the fourth watch. This church is in a fourth watch setting. You are at a time where you've been faithful, you've endured the storm, you've endured the wind, you've endured the opposition, you've endured self-imposed things that you brought on yourself. You've done your best to push through. And now you're in the middle of the storm. And if you keep looking at the storm, church, when God does visit you, you're going to miss it. Because when Jesus came to them, they thought it was a spirit. When Jesus came, they thought it was their doom, some demon from the sea, some ghost of some fisherman that drowned has come as a sign of our destruction that it's going to fall apart. Negative words that say you can't grow beyond what you've experienced thus far, that you can't win a soul, that you, are you listening to me? It's just a storm. Maybe I missed it today. The Bible said the Lord saw them tolling and rolling. And he sees this church. He sees where you're at. But he comes walking to them. Everybody said on the water. It's not by accident they sang the songs that they sang. It's not by accident your pastor said the things that he said today. 
Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And I'm here to tell you, everything that's over our head, he's got under his feet. It might be hang-ups. It might be habits. It might be a bad attitude. But everywhere you looked, it was underneath the feet of Jesus. So if you're struggling with it, God's on top of it. And he's, he's walking on the water. The water's not dragging him down. He's not intimidated by the storm. He's not, he doesn't shrink back from the flash of the lightning. And the Bible said he's walking and would have passed them by. I'm glad the Lord comes back again. There's times you feel like, boy, I missed that opportunity. But the Lord has a way of swinging back through. Lord, is that you? Be of good cheer as I be not afraid. Some of you just don't understand how close you are to a breakthrough in your family. I want us all to stand. I, I, I got to get you out of here. It's 1130. I'll come back tonight. We'll try to do a better job. I'm addressing this church, and I know that I've been specific to you because I'm not preaching anywhere else. But a lot of our people are in the same shoes. We are at a place today that we've got to make up our mind. Whose report are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the manifestation? Or are we going to believe the presence of God that's walking toward us right now? Lord, if that's you, bid me to come on. I think, I think Peter, I think Peter, you know, he, he looked at the guys that was in the boat and he already saw they had consigned themselves to the wave and the sea. But when Jesus come walking, it might have looked different, but he was listening for the voice. Is it really you? Let me come out there on the water. Now listen to me. This, this is where modern Pentecost is getting messed up. Because I feel, even though in our preaching, I believe in signs, miracles, and wonders, and I know that you understand that. You believe in them as well. But we don't seek signs, miracles, and wonders simply so we can see signs, miracles, and wonders. That's not what this is about. Signs, miracles, and wonders come when we take little faith and we put it in the hand of God and let Him use it. I remember years ago, my wife and I, not long in church, saw a lady come out of the Piggly Wiggly next to the TGY where my wife was working in Long Beach. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that lady and her family needs prayer. Well, we hung around out there when the lady came out the lady came to us. 
and said, we know, I know you're holiness people, and I need you to pray. My husband's very sick. He's hurt real bad in his back. I want you to pray for him. Called his name. I said, okay, we'll go right now. Where do you live? Now, you say, man, I wouldn't have done that. I just told her, yeah, I'll just pray for it tonight. And that's about as far as it would have gone with a lot of us. You know how I know that? Because I've been there, done it. And I said, but i got to use what little faith I have. And we stepped out, got in our car, followed that lady in faith, got to his house in faith, walked through the door in faith, and started praying. And God instantly healed that man and got him off the couch. Healed vertebrae, broken back, got him back on his feet. Have anything to do with us? No, it had everything to do with putting what little bit of faith I had in the hand of God. I want to challenge this church. What, what could happen if you would just give God what little faith you've got? And stop being intimidated by the devil that tells you you don't have enough faith. There comes a time you've got to do like the Apostle Peter and you've just got to get down. Everybody say, get down. Now, I know that's an old 70s term, all these disco folks. God bless your heart. Get down. But sometimes you got to get down. Are you listening to me? You got to get down out of the boat. You got to get down off our high horse. We've got to get, you understand. One time, you know, there's 1,900 invitations, I think, somewhere in there in your King James Bible that God gives to man. This is the only text you go to, actually, you got to go to Matthew 14 to see it. But when you look at that, one time, God ever gives it in one word, come. It's right there. Come. And Jesus makes the appeal. Peter gets down. You following, you following the progression? He calls. Peter answers. He gets down and steps out on the water. Lord, help me come to you on the water I want you to examine that because it wasn't about Peter getting on the water to say he walked on the water are you with me it was about him doing whatever it took to get to where Jesus was we're not in this to put on a show we're not in this to say man we got signs miracles and wonders around our church no we're in this to get to where he is and Jesus said, where I am, there shall my servant be. And I'm appealing to this church. I'm appealing to young people that are here. And i got to close. i got more notes than i got preach right now. But we've got to get back to the place where we're willing to say, God, whatever it takes to do your will, whatever it takes to get to where you are and where you're leading us, I'm willing to pay the price. I know a lot of folks criticize Peter for stepping out, looking around, sinking. We can preach a message on that. I understand that. But God didn't give any accolades to the people that were still in the boat. And there are people in this church. I'm looking at Simon Peter's. I'm looking at men and women of faith that right now your faith may be struggling, but it can't stop God 
if you'll give him what you've got. Some of you have no idea how powerful you are in the spirit. You really don't. You really don't understand how powerful your prayer life is. How powerful when you start operating in faith. And God's waiting on all of us. It's the fourth watch, folks. We're running out of time. And God needs somebody that'll have faith in the fourth watch. I want us to lift our hands right now. Father, I ask you to help us today with our struggle in our faith, be it small, be it great. Sometimes, Lord, we feel like we're holding on to the threadbare tendrils of just hope that maybe you hear us when we pray. But I pray today that you would overshadow this church, put your hand on its precious people, God, you would challenge our spirit today to rise up and get beyond just the formality and going through the motions of church, realizing that we are in the fourth watch, God. We are, we are simply been going in obedience, but now we're distracted by the storm and the elements that are going on around us. And now we find ourselves wondering, are we going to make it? Are we going to see the revival you promised? Are we going to be able to participate in the things that you have for us? But God, we come to you, Lord, with what faith we do have today. Though it may be small for some of us, Lord we put it in the hand of a great big God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we're able to ask or to think I pray today that you would challenge our spirit and help us today to step out of our security zone and step out of our comfort zone and wake up and realize that there is a presence of God that is walking on the turbulent sea in our life that he's there to extend the nail-scarred hand to carry us through where you want us to go to be what you want us to be to do what you want us to do put your hand on these men and women my brothers and sisters, these young men, these young women, these young married couples, God, uh, Lord, it is in their hand. This is their time. This is their hour. It might be a storm involved, but I know, God, that if we can get out where you are, uh, if we can just get in the presence of a, a miraculous God that can take our lack uh, and do something incredible with it, God, we're willing today. We're willing today. We need you, God. Help us, God, to close our ears to the distractions in this life. To close our ears to the things going on in this country. Things that are going on on this world. And focus our attention on your kingdom and your will and your purpose for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us to lift our hands right now all over this building. I'm, 
I think we just need to open up and let the Lord speak to our heart right now. I know it's been different today. I know it's been different, but please hear what the Spirit of God is saying right now to us. Some of y'all have so many giftings, but they're laying dormant because they're checked up by the storm in your life. Come on now, come on. Some of y'all have incredible faith, but hey man, it's been minimized because you are intimidated right now because of what's going on in your marriage and what's going on in your family and what's happened to people in the church and, and all kind of questions that are unresolved in your mind and you're focusing too much on the storm and God needs you to focus on His voice. There are churches waiting to be started by people out of this church. There are souls, listen to me, there, there are daughter works that need to be opened up out of this church. It's time for this church to stop focusing on the people that keep saying no. And go where they haven't heard this gospel. You've marched around this mountain long enough. I love this church. I love your pastor and his family dearly. This church has impacted my life, my wife and I. It's impacted my life walking with God. It's impacted us in our ministry. Y'all have been kind to us. But I come with a burden. I come with a word from God today. But this church is sitting right in the threshold of an incredible visitation of God. I don't care if you're out in the country. They are folks all in these woods. And we need to recapture that pioneering spirit and that burden to reach the lost. And get where God needs us to be. Because the miracles that are coming are the miracles of deliverance and salvation. God has already proven to this church that He will provide. Yes, He has. He has already proven to this church that I will put the finances in your hand. Well, some of y'all looking at me like a cow looking in the new gate. But, Brother McCool, I gave that. No, you didn't. God put that in your hand, sir. He blessed you to be a blessing. Boy, I just can't, I just can't bring it to a close right now. This church will step out. Listen to this preacher, please. This church will step out. Get out of your comfort zone. 
and make it happen. God will make it happen. If I be a man of God, if I'm anything at all, if I'm just a servant of God, listen to me. When you step out, you'll be challenged. But it's the continued steps of faith that are going to bring this to pass. I'm telling you, your building's not big enough and your fellowship hall's not big enough. Make it happen. You are the key. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and tell them, you and I are the key. Now turn around, look at somebody else, now get your lazy self out of the boat, and let's go. Lift your hands one more time for the Lord. Thank Him right now. Thank you, Brother McCoo. What a good job this morning. He has nothing to apologize about. Amen. We believe all of this today. We want to mature and be the church that God wants us to be. We want to be soul winners. We want to be the light that God wants us to be in this community. So we thank God for the word that we've heard here this morning. We want it anchored and put into our hearts. There's a few in this church could witness that I've said in the last few months. Amen. God's trying to get us to grow up. Trying to get, trying to get us to mature and grow up. And I'm telling you, God's doing it. Amen. He loves us. Sends us a message just like this. And I thank God for it this morning. Come back tonight. That's it. Praise God. prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. God bless you. Let you go in the Lord.